Good morning. Who, um, right, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to uh, ask you to give the right answer. Is that right? <laughs> so when I ask the question in a moment, can you all put your hand up uh, in, in response? Okay, this is the question. Who loves a good story? Yeah, we all love a good story, don't we? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a story much like that one, but I need, it's a sort of interactive story. And for that, I'd love um, some of the boys and girls come and come to the front, make yourself comfortable, as if you're hearing a story, a bedtime story or something like that. Yes, come and sit down. Mums and dads, you can come as well. You can join the party at the front here. Now, this is a, this is a special type of story because I need everyone's help. And uh, basically, when I say a particular word, I would like you to make a noise or do something. So when you hear the word father, I would like everybody to laugh, a, a sort of fond, loving laughter. So let's just practice that. Father. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. Uh, we'll get better, I'm sure. Uh, the next one is when you hear younger son, I want you to do footsteps. Everybody, I hope you're doing footsteps. Okay, when you hear older son, I, I really struggled to know quite what. To, so the, the older thing uh, as he's asked to do. So he's calm, he's, he's steady. So I thought a sort of heartbeat. Now those of you who are doctors know that when we listen to hearts we go lub-dub, lub-dub. So uh, what I'd like you to do is just go lub-dub, lub-dub, lub-dub. Because so, he's, a, he's, a, he's a sort of steady son that does his duty, so lub-dub. Okay, um, when you hear the word servant, I want you to say no problem, sir. Okay, let's just try that. Let's, okay, servant. Right, gosh, excellent. Uh, when you hear money, we're, we're going to be in the olden days a little bit. Pretend you've got some coins in your pocket. Dad's often had coins in their pockets. Sometimes preachers have keys, don't they? Anyway, uh, just go jingle, 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 jingle. And when I say food, go yum, yum. Okay, let's, let's give it a go. I'm going to say younger son. I'm going to say older son. I'm going to say servant. Excellent. Uh, money. Food. Father. Servant. Older son. Okay, I think we're ready. Are you ready, boys and girls? Right, here we go. Once upon a time, there was a family with a dad, a father. <laughs> and he had a younger son and an older son. Loved up, loved up. The father worked hard on his That's good. That's a good laugh. <laughs> the father 
worked hard on his farm, and his older son always helped him. But the younger son So the younger son went to see his father and said, Father, you have for me. The father <laughs> loved his younger son and gave him half the money. Jingle, jingle, jingle. The younger son packed his things and left the village excited for what lay ahead. He travelled far and had a lot of fun. He spent his money, jingle, jingle, on fancy parties, delicious food, yum, 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 yum and fancy things. But after some time, his money ran out. Jingle, jingle. There was a big problem too. A terrible famine came and there was not enough food. Yum, 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 yum. For anyone. The younger son was very hungry and desperate. He found a job taking care of pigs just to have something to eat. He felt so sad and missed his family. Then he realised that he'd made a big mistake. He thought about his father's servants. No problem, sir. No problem, sir. Um, who had more than enough food. Yum, 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 yum. He decided to go back home and say sorry to his father. <laughs> he didn't think he deserved to be called his son, younger son, <laughs> anymore, but he hoped his father <laughs> would let him work as a servant. No problem, sir. When the younger son was close to his village, his father <laughs> saw him far away. The father had been waiting and hoping his younger son would come back. He ran to his younger son and hugged him tightly, crying tears of joy. He was so happy to see his younger son again. The younger son felt overwhelmed by his father's love. He said, Father, I made a mistake and I'm not worthy to be called your younger son anymore. But the dad, oh, you're getting a bit weak on this. Do that again. But his dad, oh, thank you very much, was full of love and told his servants, bring the best clothes for my younger son. Put a special ring on his finger and, a, and nice sandals on his feet. Let's celebrate his return because he was lost and now is found. The older son, loved up, loved up, loved up, loved up, loved up, loved up, was a responsible and hard-working person. He always helped his dad on the farm, 
doing the odd jobs and following his dad's... Ho, 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 ho. We missed one, didn't we? <laughs> you missed one, too. Uh, um, oh, uh, his dad's instructions. He watched as his younger brother asked for his share of the money and left on an adventure. When the younger son returned, the older son, Lub Dub Lub Dub, was surprised. He had been working hard and taking care of everything while his brother was, a, was away. He was a bit jealous um, and upset because he thought his dad didn't appreciate his efforts, didn't love him. So when his father I've lost my place. <laughs> when he saw his father, we'd done that bit, uh, celebrating his younger brother's return, he became angry. He didn't understand why his father <laughs> was so happy to see his brother after all the trouble he'd caused. The older son, loved up, loved up, approached his father <laughs> and said, Dad, <laughs> I've always been here working hard and doing what you asked. Why are you so happy about his return? I don't think it's fair. His father <laughs> listened to him patiently and then explained, my dear older son, you have always been with me and I appreciate your hard work, but your brother was found and it was lost and now he's found. I am happy because he was lost and is found. And what do we say at the end of stories? They lived happily ever after. Perhaps. We don't know, do we? So what I... Could the boys and girls... I just want to talk to the grown-ups a little bit. So could you make the most beautiful wall drawing over there with colourings and everything that Melissa's got. And we will pray through that when you've finished. Is that all right? Could you do a really fantastic job colouring that in and we will use it for our prayers in a minute. And those boys and girls hiding there, that would be good. Can I just talk to the grown-ups a little bit, just for a short while. I'm against the clock, so uh, the clock of their attention and their colouring. Let me pray. Father God, as we, um, as we turn our ears to you, that we want to hear your voice. We pray that both we uh, and the children would learn and hear from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. This parable is often called the prodigal son. But it's as much about the father as it is about the son, the prodigal son, or actually the older son. The sons, if you like, represent two ways that we try and, and live life. Uh, there is the, the pursuit of freedom, uh, the no rules, and the other one is the pursuit of duty, earning favour. Um, but actually, it says as much about the character of God, the Father heart of God, as much as the way to find God. 
You know, everybody needs a father. And uh, it is a tragedy that so many um, experience absent fathers today. On the whole, there's sort of five, five um, levels of father's involvement, if you like, in anyone's life. There is the perfect father, no one's a perfect father, and there's nothing like talking about fatherhood to fathers to feel somewhat uh, like you fall short in this area. There are the good fathers who aren't perfect, but pretty good. There are the distant fathers who are there, but for one reason or another are either emotionally distant or away from home quite a lot. There are the abusive fathers, and then there are the absent fathers. And of course, every father is formed by the influence of his own father and uh, picks up the habits, the parental habits of his father, good or bad, and they form a father's way of being a father. This, uh, this image, though, of a father is also the image in this story of God. And uh, the problem is that our earthly experiences heavily influence our conception, our image of God. And um, we project our understanding of the Father heart of God through the lens of our earthly fathers and influence how we see God. If I said the word God to you now, what one word would you summarise in terms of the, the character, the personality, the nature of God? And it's probably one that you've picked up from one or both of your parents. But the experience of God can, in a sense, heal us of the negative impact of our fathers. Because no father is perfect and can redeem, put right um, into being, those of us who are fathers, good fathers. Do you remember those essays at school where you had to do a compare and contrast? We tend to do comparison an awful lot. And therefore, you know, we compare our fathers with God or God with our fathers and, and think they are, are like each other. But you can also do a contrast ex ex um, uh, exercise. Okay, so my father was not good in this way, but God is the opposite of what my experience has been of my earthly father that wasn't good. You can do a contrast as well. God is not like my father in this respect, just as he is like my father in this respect. And so we can learn by contrast as much as by comparison. The lens that we have is Jesus. If we really want to know what God is like, then the lens of the Father heart of God we see through Jesus. There was a little, uh, I don't know whether you've heard the story, it's often told by preachers, but it's such a good one uh, in this context. There was the little girl who was drawing something and uh, the, the teacher said, what, what are you drawing? And uh, the little girl said, I'm, I'm drawing God. And the teacher said, no one knows what God looks like. 
And the little girl piped up, they will when I finished. <laughs> well, if that, actually, if we drew Jesus, then we would know what God looks like. Jesus is the image of God. We know the character of God through the character of Jesus. And so uh, this sermon, this parable actually, this story of the loving father, um, is told by Jesus because he knows the character of his father, his, his father God. I want to list ten very quick things. I'm hoping that by overwhelming you with ten things, you'll come away thinking, wow. <laughs> Quickly. First of all, this story tells us that the father is always there. He's always at home. He doesn't go away. He doesn't go on trips. He's not emotionally absent. The father in this story says to the older son, you are always with me. He's always at home. He's never absent. He's always present. He's the ever-present God. You know, sometimes my kids say, Dad, you're not here. That's never true of God the father. I, um, you know, he doesn't hide. God doesn't hide. He's always with us. He's always there. There's Psalm 139, which says, basically, where I can't escape from God. He's always there. Wherever I go, he's always with me. It's a wonderful meditation. Psalm 139. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there too. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. The Father is always there. Father God is never absent, he's never emotionally distant. Secondly, the Father is always releasing. It is most dramatic in this parable. You know, it, you're, you're one verse into the parable and it, it's, it starts quite abruptly. It says, the youngest one said to the Father, Father, give me my share of the estate. No question, no hesitation, no argument, so he divided his property between them. He releases him. And that is quite extraordinary because it was a very insulting request. He's basically saying, I'd much rather have your possessions than you, Father. I want to take what half my inheritance and I want to go off and leave you behind and actually what I want from you is your money, not for your presence. But the father lets him go. He doesn't control him. He gives him his freedom and his responsibility and lets him go. Thirdly, the father longs for him and Father God, God longs for us. It's a beautiful image. The son comes home in rags. He doesn't even have shoes on his feet. Notice the father sees him when he's still far off. The father is watching the horizon and he runs to him. He runs to him. He, the father runs to him. He doesn't just wait at the door or at the gate. He, he runs as soon as he sees him on the horizon. He, he's longing for his son to return. He longs for each of us to come to him, to meet with him. His heart is bleeding for us. And so we see it on the cross when he bleeds for us. That's his heart bleeding for us as a father's heart longs for a dearly loved child. It was a very um, humiliating thing for the father to do. 
fathers didn't run in that culture. It was demeaning for a father to run for his child. It was humiliating. And just as it was humiliating for the father to run to the son, so it was humiliating for God in the form of Jesus to die on the cross publicly and in extraordinary pain and humiliation. But he doesn't just after, run after the, uh, the younger son. Do you notice with the older son, he goes out of the home to meet his older son too. He goes out to both of them. He longs for us, whether we are the dutiful one trying to earn his favour or, or the rebellious one that seeks freedom and independence. Fourthly, his compassion, he, the word compassion comes in this parable. His father saw him and was filled with compassion. God's not angry with us. He's not the angry father. So many of us remember, you know, when, uh, when our fathers were angry with us. We, the father isn't angry. He's just full of compassion. He, he hates a, a lot of what we do, but he loves us sees us as hurting ourselves and, and those around us. He wants to set us free. He wants to restore us. He wants us to flourish. He wants our lives to blossom. He's not the party pooper. He's the life giver, the party giver. The word compassionate is drawn from the, the Greek word splachnizomai. And it means the bowels. From the depths of his being, he felt for his son that compassion that bellyache for his son. Fifthly, he accepted him. He, he, he hugged him. He, he, welcomed, he just threw his arms around him. There was no hesitation. He was dirty. He was smelly. He, 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 had, he, he looked like a... I'm not going to say it. But he, he looked like, you know, he hadn't had a bath for a very, very long time and he hadn't had any new clothes for a very, very long time. He'd been in the pigsty for quite a long time. He doesn't hold his nose and hold him at a distance. He, he just embraces him. Sixthly, and um, I, just, I want to talk about the three gifts. They will be six, seven, and eight. Um, what is quite remarkable, that in the first century, they, they lived in tightly knit communities. This isn't just about the father's household. This is about the village as well. People knew each other well. The, father, the household was in a village. There was nothing private. The, son, the younger son had done something really shameful, really shameful. He brought disrespect on, on that household by what he did. He didn't simply break the father's heart. He broke the rules of the community. He broke the rules of the community, and they didn't want him back. Village elders would have had a ceremony of shame, known in Hebrew as kezazah, I think. Probably not pronounced that way. They would have taken a clay pitcher and smashed it on the ground in front of him. Uh, and it meant that he was no longer, he no longer belonged in the community. He was no longer welcome in the village because of the shame that he brought on his father. So when the father does the following three things, he is protecting him from the shame of the community. In giving him a robe, 
He's, in a sense, protecting him. He's covering him. He's saying, I'm here to protect you. And so God the Father protects us from the shame and the condemnation of those things that we've done wrong. And ultimately protects us from death. The ring is about authority. He, he, he plays, and he's, he's basically about saying, you're my son again and you will inherit when I die. And so when we come back to God, we still get an inheritance. It's most remarkable that we are reinstated into the family and we will have that same sort of authority as an heir. And finally, the sandals. Slaves and servants didn't have shoes. Children had shoes. And so putting, putting sandals back on his feet was hugely significant. He's saying, you're, you're no longer a slave, you're no longer a servant, you are my son. It is a sign of forgiveness and restoration. Ninthly, there's a celebration, there's a party. And tenthly, there is the affirmation, you're a son of mine. It's just overwhelming, the character of God that we see expressed in this father in the parable of the prodigal son. Now, you know, fatherhood can be quite a, a painful thing for all sorts of reasons. There may be people here who'd love to be a father, and so far you're not. Or there are people here who never had the experience of a father, or never had a good experience of a father. But the wonderful thing that is in the family of God, we can express the nature of God in whatever role, whatever place we have in the economy of God, in the family of God, we can be like God to each other. That character of God, we're made in his image, in his likeness. That which we see in the Father here is to be true for each one of us, whatever our role. And there's this wonderful verse in Psalms which says that God is a defender of widows. He's, he is in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. And that is the wonderful thing that this, this is the, if you like, the family. God's family is expressed amongst us. The good news is that we all have God as our Father. We can ask for a better Father. Shall we pray? Can I just pray before we get them back? Father, we, um, we, uh, we turn to you now. And if we've been in a far-off land, we turn to you now and start the journey home. And we know that you'll always welcome us. If we feel like the elder brother, then we, can't, we choose to come back into the house and join in with the celebration. And we thank you that you, we know you through your Son and by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.